This is the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan. History was made this week when Ethereum cracked 40,000 Rand and then 50,000 Rand all in the same week. At the start of 2021, Ethereum was trading at just under 12,000 Rand. It's extraordinary to think that since just the start of this year, it's powered up more than 300%. We asked Richard D'Souza, CEO of Altcoin Trader, to join us to discuss what's happening with Ethereum that accounts for this latest surge in price. Richard, first of all, welcome again to the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast. Karen, thanks very much for having me. Okay, on the previous podcast, you mentioned that Ethereum was headed for $2,500, and that, I think, was roughly at a time when it was about 1250 It was about half that price. Well, we've seen this week it smashed right past $3,000, and it's gone to $3,300. Maybe just explain what's going on here, and I think it's also important to mention that the founder of Ethereum, Vitalik Buterin, became a billionaire just this week. So explain what's going on there with Ethereum. Kieran, I think what we are actually seeing here is the major adoption of the alternative financial system. And Ethereum, of course, being the main player, the main building blocks for what's happening on the blockchain. And if we are to transverse into this alternative financial system, this is only the beginning of what we can expect to see with Ethereum. I certainly, this is not a surprise, but it is happening a lot faster than what I thought. This morning, we saw that Ethereum's market cap has actually gone over the Bank of America's market cap, which really, for me, is a sign that alternative financial system is starting to overtake the traditional fiat financial system. So if we are going to be building an alternative financial system, which clearly we are, which is shown by the price of Ethereum, this is going to just continue to happen. I originally made the prediction of Ethereum being at about 50,000, but because of the timescale and the way things are going, I'm going to have to readjust that uh, prediction and I can see that Ethereum has still got a long way to go upwards. You see 100,000 Rand in sight? I'm actually going to go and say, you know, I've always been very conservative with my predictions, but what I'm going to say now is that I think that we're going to see Ethereum somewhere in the 123,000 Rand mark this year. Based on a lot of calculations I've done and just the way this, uh, you know, DeFi is moving and what's been built, I think that, and it's not a conservative uh, prediction, it's actually a very realistic prediction. I'm calling for 123,000 Rand this year. This year, that's by December this year. By December this year. How do you come to 123,000? It's something I don't like doing, which is um, technical analysis. But, you know, lately I have started to delve a bit into that. But also something that I very much love to do, and that's the fundamentals and how we are growing. You know, we've got other platforms like the Matic Network as a second layer on Ethereum. That is taking off very well. And all the fundamentals are coming to play loans, you know, the decentralized financial products that we are seeing. If you want to play in this space, you have to have Ethereum. And now Ethereum is also, you need to use it as collateral. So those are two massive factors. And that's sort of in a very broad strokes how I get to a figure like that. I think let's delve into that a little bit. You know, what is the business case for Ethereum? And it is quite different from Bitcoin. Bitcoin is seen as a store of value. And we'll come to that in a minute. Bitcoin seems to be on a little bit of a stall at the moment. But Ethereum has actually got a business case, quite different to Bitcoin. Maybe just spell that out. You've mentioned lending. There's ways that you can earn interest. There's ways that you can take out loans. And I think you even said that you're planning to launch something similar on Altcoin Trader at some point. Give us some idea of how that business case rests on the Ethereum blockchain. 
You know, as I've said before, if we are building an alternative financial system, certainly Ethereum is leading the charge. Now, a lot of people say, but, you know, we've got Polkadot, we've got, um, you know, the other ADA. But what we've got to understand is that these guys are not first to market. In fact, they are not at market. These are not products that are actually working. They're sort of half working or there's certain functionality, but they're not launched yet. So really, the only competition Ethereum currently has is Binance Coin or the Binance Chain, which as we know is a direct copy of Ethereum. But anything that you want to do outside of the traditional financial system basically needs to go through Ethereum at this stage. So a lot of people putting down Ethereum because the fees are ridiculously high, but that is indicative of the fact that it is the only game in town. So you have to use Ethereum if you want to get serious in DeFi, if you want to use alternative financial products. So Ethereum has got no competition at this stage other than, as I said, BNB, and that's why we're seeing what's happening actually moving forward. Anything you want to do, whether it's loans, whether it's you know keeping your Ethereum to earn a monthly yield, a lot of people actually coming to the realization, in fact, in the last month, I've been seeing this as a theme more and more with all the sources that I research. We are never going to sell Ethereum. The way that this alternative financial system is rolling out, we could get to a point where we never sell it. Selling Ethereum is something that's no longer going to happen. Ethereum needs to now be considered as a yield-bearing asset where you can actually live for the rest of your life. Selling it is old-school thinking, keeping it and transitioning into Ethereum or into this alternative financial system is the the new sort of thinking. All right. So with Ethereum, owning Ethereum, you can actually stake it. So you can earn interest up to about 5% per year. You can also use it as collateral to make loans. And there's all sorts of very fascinating types of decentralized finance products coming onto the market where you get these self-retiring loans. In other words, you you can borrow and you can stake that in other words, to earn interest, put it back to work in the blockchain. And the yield that you're earning on that will pay off your loan over time. There's all of these sort of things coming there. Very fancy products with some some sophisticated computer code behind them, right? Absolutely. I mean, what we are seeing now is the adoption and uh, the opportunity to make generational wealth. As you correctly pointed out, you can basically lend at a lower fee than you can earn. So it makes absolute sense to take a loan and then to use that loan to earn more than you're actually paying on the loan. The reason that that is currently in play, because I don't think that this situation would be around forever because everyone could just get rich by you know understanding those fundamentals. The reason that this is in play now is because there's so many market players that are looking for adoption. They're looking to attract people and get people on board. So in the future, we can expect to see that it will be more costly to loan money than what you can do with the money. But right now, there's a massive opportunity for people to loan at X and you know earn at X plus Y, which is the very exciting opportunity right now. Let's talk about Bitcoin for a minute here. That does seem to be stalling at about 850,000 rand for the moment. Do you see any potential weakness here? There's been some technical analysis that's been done around Bitcoin, which suggests that it's possibly a a sign of weakness, that it hasn't broken through to new highs in the last month. There's also been some discussion about the $1.9 trillion stimulus package that's come out of the United States. That's surely going to bake inflation into the US dollar going forward, which should be positive for Bitcoin. What do you see happening there? So I think we've seen this many times before, you know, in the Bitcoin cycles and Bitcoin, whenever 
people think that it's stalling or it's trading sideways. You know, it's only a small period of time. In the next couple of weeks, we'll see Bitcoin taking the next leg up. I certainly do not think it's any sign of weakness. We've got a lot of institutions that have come into Bitcoin. You know, a lot of these institutions have actually sold a portion of their Bitcoin holdings. We've seen that with Tesla and we've seen that with others. And the reason they're doing this is because they're finding their feet and testing the market, making sure that they are that these assets are liquid and just understanding the entire process. Once Bitcoin takes another leg up, this sort of is the fire or the catalyst that gets it going again. And I am extremely bullish on Bitcoin at this stage. I think, and this is a bold statement, but I think Bitcoin under 100,000 is a screaming buy, $100,000. We're not going to see these levels for in the years to come. Bitcoin now at 55,000 US dollars. When we talk again, we're going to be going, oh my word, if we could only get it at that price. Right. That's pretty much the same discussion we had months ago when we were looking at Bitcoin. I think uh, when we first started talking, it was under 200,000 Rand. Of course, now it's, you know, it's four times, more than four times that. Going back to DeFi or decentralized finance, there's two other cryptocurrencies in the race for dominance in this space, and that's Polkadot and Cardano. They've been doing rather well this year too, though it looks like Ethereum is winning this race. Where do you see this playing out? Or is there space for all three of them? In fact, you know, multiples of these coins in the DeFi space? I certainly sit in the camp where I think that there is space for multiple DeFi products, multiple chains. I think interoperability is going to play a very big role in the future. And just like people have uh, currencies that they prefer, just like people have languages that they prefer, we're going to have blockchains that we prefer. So to think that Ethereum or Polkadot or ADA Cardano is going to be a winner is sort of to have a narrow mindset because they're all going to be wildly successful. And once again, this is just simply my opinion. Going back to what I said earlier, we need to remember that the latter, Polkadot and ADA or Cardano, are not yet fully-fledged products. These are not products that are launched in their full capacity. And when they are, I mean, guys, you know, the likes of Charles Hoskinson from ADA are very meticulous. These are guys that have planned things to be right from the start. We are going to see this type of ecosystem blossom into something that is fantastic and extremely useful. And once again, that's going to assist in the adoption of the alternative financial system. And that is going to be the transfer of wealth. And there's going to be potential to make generational wealth when these products come to market. This is very, very early and we've seen them perform well on anticipation and speculation. But when these products actually launch, we're going to see what they're really made of. And once again, I'm extremely bullish. This is going to change the financial system. Just explain what you mean by generational wealth. Well, never before have we seen a transfer of wealth like we are currently seeing. The playing fields have been leveled. In other words, you don't have to be well connected. You don't have to know the people at the country club anymore. You have to have an internet connection and a bit of understanding to be able to buy Bitcoin. We've seen a lot of people buy Bitcoin and just become millionaires, multimillionaires because of that changed not only their lives, but their lives of the generations to come. And, you know, YouTube is littered with stories of people that got in, they weren't doing very well. And now they've just managed to 
practice basic financial well-being and they've done very, very well with their cryptocurrencies. This, in one of my earlier videos, I said, you know, there's an aspect of generational wealth and individual wealth and how this is changing the lives of people that are understanding this technology and are taking advantage of this massive transfer of wealth. But Karen, it gets deeper than that. It's going to get to a point where countries that understand this technology and embrace it are going to change their place in the financial system. Remember, the entire financial system is being turned on its head. This adoption is amazing. It's like nothing we've ever seen. So it's going to move from individuals to countries that embrace this and take it on. You know, we've seen multiple countries mining or buying. You know, we've seen a lot of rumors about China being very active in the crypto space and not wanting it reported. And I think there's a lot more happening and people are underestimating the potential of what is coming, not only with crypto, but with technology and with the way that we are changing as a species. I don't know if you've listened to Charles Hodgkinson's talk in the Blockchain Africa conference where he spoke about how Cardano would change the unlocking of wealth in Africa. And he spoke about the president of Ethiopia being a cryptographer. This is quite something, isn't it? You know, when you get that kind of change happening at the very top of a country, somebody who understands what cryptography is all about will therefore understand what blockchain is about and will be ready to embrace this in ways that we never thought possible. Maybe some of the use cases, what, what do you see you know, at when, when countries start adopting it? Where is that most likely to be adopted first? Well, what we've seen in Ethiopia is that they are rolling it out for, for students and it's going to have a direct impact in, I think it's 5.5 million students' lives. Unfortunately, the rollout is on the Cardano Enterprise blockchain and not the open decentralized blockchain. But we can consider it a gateway to getting into the Cardano decentralized, you know, the blockchain that we all know. The enterprise version is going to be specifically for, you know, the Ethiopian government and the students. But it's very, very exciting. I think that, you know, this type of rollout, we're going to just constantly see people that have access to the Internet that have never really had access to business or commerce before being able to do phenomenal things because, you know, it stands to reason that in every country, it doesn't matter if it's third world or first world, there are people that are extremely bright and are able to adapt and understand this technology and, you know, just get onto it. And in the past, they've never had the opportunity. It's certainly not everyone, but those individuals that are bright that can adapt now have got the opportunity and therein lies the big difference. Right. I mean, if you look at the stats about financial services, when we talk about services, we're really talking about intermediaries. In South Africa, when I was looking at those stats some time ago, about 23% of our economy is financial services. So there would be an intermediary sitting in the middle there, either in the form of an agent or a broker or even a bank that is intermediating all of these financial transactions. And what we're really talking about here with blockchain is a way to cut that out and create greater efficiencies and less friction because you're really able to now transact me to you. I can borrow from you. We're going to agree a rate of interest. There's going to be no going back once we've signed that agreement. And how do we sign that agreement? Well, we, we enter click on the computer, not so. I take out a loan. And uh, if my Bitcoin goes down by a certain percentage, my loan gets liquidated, you get paid out, and I get whatever is left. This is the kind of future that we're going into, isn't it? We're not going to have that kind of intermediation that we've seen in the past. 
Absolutely, Karen. And, you know, you can break this into a lot of fancy financial terms, but if you want to break it down to a very basic, simple story about what is happening in the evolution of finance, I always like to tell this story. You know, it's we have always wanted people to manage our money, and we've always found a lot of security in institutions and regulated players having control of our money because it's made us feel safe. And the story that I like to tell is I've got a son, you know, and he's in primary school, and one day I got to school and I realized I hadn't packed him lunch. And I said to him, he has 200 rand because that was the smallest note I had in my wallet. I just didn't have change. And then I said to him, you know, make sure the other kids don't see this. Make sure you get your change. Make sure you don't lose it. And he turned around to me and he said, Dad, I can look after my own money. And I think as a species, as a human race, we have evolved and we've grown up to the point where we're on the precipice of this, where we can now look at institutions and regulators and middlemen and say, hold on, I can look after my own money. And with that responsibility and that change in the mindset of us as a human species, where we have custody and control of our own money, where we know exactly, we have full transparency of what is happening, that is the change that we are seeing. That is the evolution in not only finances, but in the human species that we are actually seeing right now. A couple of questions before we wrap up here. Some of the big trends to look out for over the next few months. We've been talking about decentralized finance, but are there particular trends within decentralized finance that we should be looking out for? Well, I mean, that's a very complex question, and I could really talk about that for hours. So I'm just going to highlight two that I'm currently looking at and that I see have got huge potential. First of all, is, of course, is Matic. You know that while Cardano and ADA are not fully fledged products, Ethereum is out there, but it has the Achilles heel of the fees that are exorbitantly high. So we need interim solutions. And I think Matic, the Polygon, as it's rebranding to, is that interim solution. A lot of activity happening on QuickSwap, uh, which is the sort of equivalent of Uniswap on the Ethereum network. A lot of activity happening on the Matic network, and that is certainly something that we can expect you know, to see a lot more in the future and certainly is going to be very, very bullish until the full proper launch of Ethereum 2.0 and possibly beyond. I mean, we've seen Matic go from, I think, two weeks ago, the coin was at 32 US cents, and today it's over um, 80 US cents. So that is an astronomical rise because of the usability and, of course, the adoption of that coin. Something else within the DeFi space, which I think we must not sleep on, is Binance coin, uh, specifically PancakeSwap. It's very easy to earn 100% yield on in the DeFi space with PancakeSwap. A lot of people are doing it, a lot of speculation. People saying, how long is this going to last? I know I've personally been doing it for just about three or four months now, and it hasn't petered out. It hasn't changed. So those are two things that I think you know a lot of people should turn their focus to and look at. Of course, you can always look at my YouTube channel. I will be making uh, tutorials on those if you need more information. And what is the native currency you use for, for PancakeSwap? Well, PancakeSwap is the Uniswap of the Binance chain. So like you use Ethereum on uh, the Ethereum network, you use uh, BNB or Binance coin on the Binance network. But maybe what you're referring to is the 
the token or the where you can earn the good yields is the cake token, you know, but you of course will have to have Binance for the fees. The fees are incredibly low and the block times are very fast. So it's an absolute pleasure. It's basically the Ethereum network, but it's been centralized with 21 nodes that are run by centralized organizations on the BNB chain. And I see that Altcoin Trader is about to launch Binance Coin as one of the coins that you can purchase on your exchange. Absolutely. We've identified this as one of the really up-and-coming coins. In fact, it's an, you know to refer to it as a coin does not do it justice. It's an ecosystem. It's a DeFi ecosystem. The fact that it is centralized is something that we possibly need at this stage because although Ethereum is decentralized, there's a lot of hiccups uh, with price and speed. Binance have solved those problems in the very near short term. In fact, they, they work amazingly. So this ecosystem has got a lot of space to grow and everything you do on Binance Chain, it's a simple copy and paste and it can be moved over to Ethereum and vice versa. Of course, we've seen Binance Coin as third on CoinMarketCap. It's the third uh, you know, cryptocurrency, so it's an easy choice. People not wanting to go over to Binance Chain because it's centralized, we can understand that. But at the same time, it is fulfilling a need that is desperately needed right now in the adoption of the alternative financial system. Final question, what's the rate of sign-up been like at Altcoin Trader these past few months? Kieran, do we see growth month on month, every month being better than the last? And I think that this is uh, part for the course in a crypto bull run like we are experiencing. You know, we're actually doing much better than we did in 2017. 2017, when we were heading up to the bull run, we saw this type of growth. And then, of course, things petered off dramatically as Bitcoin slumped to the, you know, three, four thousand US dollar mark. And then as the uh, 2020 and 2021 bull run has come on, we're just seeing people adopting and signing up and getting involved. So to answer it simply, growth is dramatic. I think every exchange is experiencing this and people are climbing aboard and getting involved. Richard D'Souza, we're going to leave it there. Thanks so much for coming into the studio and talking to us. I think we're going to have to rename you the Delphi Oracle of Ethereum and Bitcoin because you keep on making predictions and beating them. <laughs> so we're going to get you back in soon again and see what, what else is happening in the crypto space and also for your next predictions. Thanks very much, Karen. It's always a pleasure spending some time chatting about crypto. I'm very passionate about it. That's what I love to do. Thanks. That was Richard D'Souza, CEO and founder of Altcoin Trader. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, hosted by Kieran Ryan. To listen to our other podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.